27. Joseph Stanley here with Root at 27, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. And we have Shama Luradon behind the camera, and he handles most of our uh, production and editing and to make it able where you can actually watch this and listen to it. Uh, we are exist to help you to become more rooted in Jesus Christ so that you can build your life upon him and uh, continue to flourish in him. Uh, it is our desire that you'll be uh, learning uh, sound doctrine, that you'll be learning gospel-centered messages, and that you'll be learning uh, testimonies from other people to see how the gospel has transformed their lives and how they are involved in the work of the ministry. Rooted 27. Today I'm happy to be joined by Miss Linda Coulter and uh, she uh, works here at Red House Baptist Church and she's been here for a long time so I'm excited to have her to join us today. Uh, Miss Linda introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little about a little bit about your work here at the church and your ministry here. Thank you Joseph. Um, it's kind of interesting to be doing this. I told you it was my first podcast but my name is Linda Coulter. I uh, am the Director of Childhood Ministries. Um, and I have actually been here for 36 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've seen a lot of changes through the years. I have seen a lot of changes. Tell us a little bit, you know, you've been here this long, but take us back to be, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Did you grow up in a Christian home environment or what? Yes, take I Take us back to that okay. uh, setting. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I still have my parents. They're both 90 and um, are both strong in their faith in the Lord, and um, so I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and sometimes during the week because my mom um, was a part-time secretary too. So at church a lot, um, had wonderful people who poured their lives into me, um, and I, as a child, didn't really have any difficulty believing that Jesus was God's son, that um, that he had died on the cross for me and, and risen again. Um, but it was at the age of nine, uh, we were in a revival service. And it was a, like a Sunday through Wednesday revival service. And on that Sunday night, um, what finally dawned on me or what the Holy Spirit uh, began to convict me of was number one that I needed to ask forgiveness for my sins but the other part of that was that I needed to put Jesus in charge of my life and even as a nine-year-old that was a struggle for me and so it was several days of dealing with that um, but on Wednesday night of that week in 1972, <laughs> a long time ago, um, it was almost just a, um, I can't argue with you anymore, Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I ask um, Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I ask him to be the one in charge of my life. And at that point, I became a Christian, and, and he's been working on me ever since. So nine years old, you became a Christian. Uh, at what point did you see yourself being involved in childhood ministries, uh, like growing, like well, as you got you older? Well, it, it, it was really neat the way God worked that out. Uh, I had a minister of music and his wife who were some of the people that poured into my life. 
and I can remember at age 16, uh, uh, Sandy Hale, our minister of music's wife, asked me to help her with preschool choir. And then later that year, um, I think probably that summer, she asked me to help in four-year-old vacation Bible school. So that was kind of the beginning, and just um, she asked me, and I, I began to work alongside of her, not in place of her, but mm -hmm. alongside of her. And then um, when I came to EKU to college, was part of, at that time it was called um, the BSU, Baptist um, Student Union. And um, I was part of that and became involved in, they had a children's ministry. And so they had a group of kids there um, from married housing that they did a ministry with. And I became involved with that, gradually became the leader of that over the course of a couple years. And um, also while in college, I uh, did a summer in Oklahoma on student ministries. And it was heavily involved with mm -hmm. um, doing things with children. And so one day I was at the BSU and Wayne Spivey, who um, was, I don't know if he was here at church yet or not, uh, but he actually served here as Minister of Music and Youth. Uh, he came to me and said, Linda, there's a position open for a children's minister at Red House. You know, I think you ought to apply for that and um, you know I laugh and tell people I didn't I'd never heard of a children's minister I didn't know what a children's minister was and I don't think Red House really knew what a children's minister was either uh -huh. you know so we kind of grew together in, in understanding that that's awesome to see how that um, at age 16 you someone began to plant in you mm -hmm. and to show you the way of children's ministry and how that god used every little step and you took that opportunity to bring you to where you are today sometimes i think uh, we see little small things we do throughout our lives as christians and we think well, where has god taken us with this little right. step you know you're just assisting with preschool choir mm -hmm. but god is using that little lesson that we're learning each to help us to grow in our faith and prepare us for whatever he has uh, in the future. That I'm sure you never seen yourself at that time, 16. No. <laughs> working in Richmond, Kentucky for 36 no. years at a no, church. No, no. We had absolutely no intention of staying in Richmond. Um, mm -hmm. I actually, when um, I started with the church, um, and I think their idea at that point in time was kind of somebody to do activities with the children. But I told them I'd stay a year. And now you've been here that long. <laughs> <laughs> I really had no intention of staying. Why do you see um, children's ministry as important? Why is it important for children to be in Sunday school uh, and learning the gospel, learning the Bible, the stories? You know, sometimes it's, it's been a very simple way. They're learning the, the stories. They're learning Jonah and the well. They're learning all these different things. Why is that important uh, okay. for a child to learn? Well, you know, I see children's ministry as laying the foundations. And it is so much better to come to faith in Christ as a child and have that foundation, foundation and have that time to grow as you go th through your life. And it is important to remember, though, that 
it the church is does not have the main responsibility for the spiritual guidance the spiritual development of children god has very clearly put that in scripture as belonging to the parent and so children's ministry is the idea of coming alongside the parent supplementing what the parent is doing um sometimes you know we get into it and 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 we think oh you know we are primary but it and that's really easy to get caught up in that but it's very biblically clear that the church is not the primary spiritual leader for a child but if a child has that foundation um, they are more ready more available more to hear the Holy Spirit as he begins to speak and calls them to become a Christian. So the ground's kind of already been prepared. Yes. So that they're more ready when they hear the gospel and mm -hmm. they, when the Holy Spirit really presses on them with conviction, they're already, the ground's already been prepared. Right. So that when that seed's planted, it's going to stick more as opposed to, now God can still save anyone, but right. someone who might not have any background in the Bible, the gospel, the Bible stories, it might not click as easily. It might right. be a lot harder, but they have the basic truth that God is real. The Bible is true. true. Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins. Uh, it's important for them to know as children. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say sometimes, though, I'm not saying it's a danger in children's ministry, but sometimes, as you said, parents can sometimes think the church is the, or the church can see itself as the primary role. Mm -hmm. What would you say to parents in their own home to help them um, instill in the children the same lessons we're teaching here at church. How would, how is that happening in the home? Well, well I, um, specifically the same things we're teaching, not like, like the, 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 a or biblical, just, a biblical or just mind. biblical foundations. Yeah. Um, um, making it day to day every day just a normal part of life and that's essentially what Deuteronomy 6 tells us as you walk down the road as you do each thing you know I tell parents you know if we were to change that scripture to fit today's world it would say as you're riding in the car mm -hmm. just as things happen just as you're walking through the day to to bring it to connect to what the Bible has to say. For instance, you know, um, you're outside and you see a, a beautiful butterfly and you're just, you know, I'm so thankful that God is creative and look at all the detail he took to make that butterfly. But think about how much he um, spent on creating you and how amazing you are or you know, you're driving down the road and you pass an ambulance. Oh, you know what? Let's pray while we're driving for whoever's in that ambulance. We don't know what's going on. That it's just part of the day-to-day. -day. So look, looking for, making sure we're taking the opportunities. I mean, I'm not a parent, but parents who have children, small children especially, they're including God into the conversation. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, like you said, if it's looking outside of the beauty of creation, if we're praying for a sick loved one, it's or bringing him as, in there. As they get older and, and you're watching something on TV and it does not go with what the Bible says, just pot, you know, stopping that TV and saying, 
did you see what just happened on there? You know, what what do you think the Bible has to say about that? How how could we respond in that situation in a way that that would please God that, you know, and and beginning to just connect everything to that idea of a biblical worldview. Yeah, I think that's a great advice for sure. Because, um, like you said, even with the television, sometimes we, we, we grow so accustomed to watching a TV show and you see murder, you see things that are immoral. And it's just like it's just on the TV and not paying any attention. But you could stop that. And even though the children might not need to be exposed to it, but if they do see it, you can say, okay, take it back to the beginning. Of why We live in a sin-fallen world. We, and you can insert the gospel right. into uh, the conversation uh, especially. Uh, what would you say, you know, I think, I'll, I'll say this first, I think that the best parents, the best Christians, the best people in, in general, wives, husbands, mothers, fathers, sons and daughters, are those who are applying the Bible to their lives. They're living it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the home, especially, the children see the parents for who they really are. So what would you say to parents to make sure they're living it out? You know, if, if say, they make a mistake and they say something wrong, that they take that opportunity to say, I'm a sinner, you know, and Jesus saved me. How would you? I mean, just to be willing to ask for forgiveness or to say, I made a mistake or, I, you know, I was reading in my quiet time this morning and God just convicted me of, you know, this particular thing. Now, within reason mm -hmm. as to what the child is able to understand mm -hmm. and, and is appropriate. Right. Um, but just just sharing that, just sharing things as they come along. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to go back to what you were saying about parents and laying foundations. The one thing I, I didn't say is, I think one of the most essential things for a child to know to see is that their parent is having a daily time in the Bible, a daily quiet time, Bible reading and prayer. Um, and then parents helping children learn to begin that habit in their own lives. Do you uh, notice the more uh, parents are actually doing that, children are going to be more drawn to that, do you think? Yes, I think so. I mean, I, I I think, you know, we saw that in our home, um, but I, it makes a difference, mm -hmm. you know. I can remember my daughter saying, um, you know, she remembers seeing her her dad and her grandpa studying their Sunday school lesson to teach, mm -hmm. you know, that kids notice those things. That what you're saying is for the child to see that Christianity isn't just something we're living out in church. It's something we're living in the home as well. Yes. It is not just, okay, we take our Bibles to church, we hear the sermon, right. we sing our songs, that's great, and then we go home and we live our lives without worrying about God. Right. But when we're actually, a parent is actually bringing the Bible into the home, opening it up, reading it, and saying this is important for our daily lives, right. yeah. it's showing the child, okay, this matters, this matters. more than just, yeah. Church, this is important to their life. It's important to each and every day 
where they're having that quiet time. Tell, tell us just from personal experience, why is it important? What, what helps you uh, in a quiet time with the Bible where you're meditating on God's Word, reading, okay. praying? What? Okay, well, let me go back to why it's important, okay. and then we can talk about the rest of it. Um, there was actually a research study a few years ago that Lifeway did. They did a research study of 2,000 um, families more in my position that had young adult mm -hmm. children. And what they were looking at were, were those young adult children spiritually mature or not spiritually mature. And then they went back and looked at a whole bunch of different things to see what things seem to contribute to being spiritually mature as a young adult. And by far more than anything else, uh, statistically significantly more than anything was a child having their own regular Bible reading time at home uh, on a regular mm -hmm. basis. That far outweighed everything else. Um, the other things that came in there as important were um, having a regular prayer time, um, listening primarily to Christian music, I'm not naming them in order, <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, regularly serving in the church and then participating in mission uh, events or mission trips as a child. Those four things were important, but reading your Bible was like doubly important, mm -hmm. as important as those things. So just um, that is kind of the essential element that we've got to get uh, into our kids okay. is reading their Bible. Now go back and ask your other, the rest of your question. The rest of it was how does reading the Bible even, just share from personal experience, how does that help you in, in throughout the day? How does that affect your Christian walk, your ministry? Okay. What does that do for you? You know, my I do now... That I, now that I don't have kids at home mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, I've always tried to do my quiet time in the morning. But now that, now that it's just Eddie and I at home, it's, that's much easier for me. And, and I do my time in the morning. And it, reading my Bible is what God uses to change me into the person that he wants me to become, into the person that is moving toward being more like Christ. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know that it would be possible for me to change without that da daily quiet time and seeing what God is saying and, and uh, just spending time in his word. Yeah, I noticed my, for my own self, if I don't read the Bible, you know, sometimes, some days you get up and you plan to read the Bible that morning and just something just goes off and yeah. you don't get to. And then you try to get to at nighttime, you're sleeping, and you're really not concentrating. That right. happens sometimes, you know. I could say, yeah, make sure you read your Bible 365 days a year, but that's not always possible. Right. Things happen. But when I don't read the Bible for that day or I don't get to... Not saying I noticed something, but my attitude, that I'm, you know, acting like an un unbeliever, that I'm not even acting like a Christian anymore. I just know that when I read the Bible uh, throughout the day, I might encounter a situation where what I read is actually applying to that situation. I might read about the fruits of the Spirit, 
And then there comes a point where I have to choose whether I'm going to love a person that I'm, that I'm going to let those fruits of the Spirit show through my life. And God might present me with an opportunity to live out what I learned. It's not just me taking in the Bible and saying, man, I'm full of knowledge now. You know, I know what the Bible says. It goes into me being able to live it out as I interact with other people and it affects my relationship with God as well because it helps me to become more intimate with Him, knowing who He is and what He communicates uh, to me. And I think that overflows into if I commu- have better communication with God, understanding what He wants for my life. And, and you know, our first m- most important relationship starts with God. Right. So if our relationship with God is in its proper order, it's going to affect how we our relationship with us with other people. If it's a, uh, spouses, if it's parents, if it's children, whatever that is, it flows over into every other uh, part of the, uh, one's life. And I know that for me especially, it affects every part of my day if I don't uh, have that time with God and, and if I don't make it a habit. And sometimes, uh, I don't know if you feel this way, sometimes you just it's everything in me just to go read the Bible. Just like everything telling me, no, you don't need to do that right now. <laughs> no, you don't have time for that. You know, just sit here, relax. You don't need to worry about that. But once I actually take the time to open the Bible and uh, go to a particular book, something, sometimes I might stay to a reading plan or other times I might just read a certain chapter that mm-hmm. I like. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, you know, that was worth it. It, it, do, right. it does matter. Right. Uh, that we're including that in our lives. What would you say to people uh, starting the new year? Everybody's always wanting to start a new reading plan, right, devotional plan. Right. How would you help uh, tell people to be intent? How, what are ways they can be more intentional about their uh, Bible reading, Bible study in their personal lives? Well, I think just having a, pl- having a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Having a plan in place, having... Um, a, a time that works for you, having a place where you do it. Um, you know, this may not work for everybody, but what I have found for me is that because I have a spot that is my place to do my mm-hmm. Bible reading, I have all my stuff there. You know, I have my my Bible, what I'm using to study with, uh, my markers, you know, mm-hmm. whatever whatever I need. So I have this place, and so it's kind of an expectation that when I'm there, I'm going to do my Bible reading. Um, the other thing is is really thinking through a time. And especially for adults, I, you know, what works for me is not going to work for you, mm-hmm. okay? What works for me now as an empty nester would have never worked for me as a parent of a preschooler. So everybody has to look at their stage of life and and their schedule and say, okay, what is really reasonable? What, you know, rather than saying, oh, well, in 2021, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., when you usually get up at seven, mm-hmm. I'm going to get up at five a.m. and I'm going to do an hour you know of Bible you're not study. Really be able to do that. That's going to last two days. <laughs> <laughs> but to really look at it and say, okay, here's here's my schedule. What? How can I make this really work? How is it really going to fit in? 
um, and, and to figure out that time and, and maybe even to write it in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is going to, and then to start practically, like, you know, telling yourself that you're going to read an entire book in one day. Well, if it's the book of Third John, right. that's okay. But if it's the book of Genesis, you're probably not going to succeed. So being realistic in what you're going to do and uh, what you're going to use, how you're going to make that study, preparing for it. Mm-hmm. And then being, and you know, if you miss it, forgiving yourself and then starting back See, I think up. it's very important because sometimes uh, I've did this in my own life and I know other people have. They, you know, the beginning of the year comes, they're going to be really intentional. They're going to read, you know, so much of the Bible, maybe the entire Bible that year or, uh, you know, do a certain study. Mm-hmm. And then they miss Tuesday, something comes up and they miss Wednesday. And then a few days goes by and then instead of just starting back and they say, okay, I'm going to continue on. They say, well, I've done miss so much, just forget about it. Right. Instead, like you said, forgive yourself. Say, mm-hmm. okay, I missed today. I really wanted to, but you know what? I'm going to move on and I'm going to go back to the Bible and I'm going to do what I, I intended to do because I know it's going to help me and uh, I need to be intentional about it. But what are some ways you think we can be motivated? Like, I know we say it's important, but why do we, I know you have gave pretty much an answer, but like from a biblical perspective, uh, we say this is God's word. Uh, how can we help bring that into our own minds when we're reading it and we're understanding what this is? We're, well, we're, you know, one one of the other things that we didn't talk about is not only does it change us, but it rehearses in us what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And recently, in in one of my Bible study times, it was talking about how our feelings are so, we need to acknowledge what our feelings are, but they can't be depended on. Mm -hmm. And what we have to depend on is the truth, which is what we're reading in God's Word. And um, uh, the other day, the day, you know, you were talking about Mm -hmm. how things come back to you later in the day. And the day that I, I was reading that, later in the day, I was dealing with some feelings about something and I was like, wait a minute okay, these are my feelings. I know these are my feelings, but this is not truth, mm-hmm. you know? And, okay, so I was like literally sitting there thinking, okay, so what is the truth from God's Word about this matter? And because I'm reading it on a regular basis, you know, I I have that in, I can sit there and go through, okay, God's Word tells me, you know, these things. So this is truth. These are my feelings. This is truth. I'm going to acknowledge this, but I'm going to depend on this. You're allowed the, the truth to speak louder yeah. in our minds. Because like yeah. you said, sometimes we have an emotion about a certain situation, mm-hmm. a feeling that angry, sad, mm-hmm. many different things comes across mm-hmm. during a day. But like you said, the, the truth is there. Okay, we, we, we have that emotion but we know the truth mm-hmm. as well. We know what God says about it. So we have to make, come up with that choice in our own minds. Okay, what are we going to believe? What are we going to go along with? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had that kind of internal conversation yeah. because of what 
I had read in my quiet started time with that earlier daily, in the day. That daily mm -hmm. Bible reading. Mm -hmm. uh, and if, if you hadn't had that, you might have went along with I would have just emotion. been going with those feelings. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, wherever they were might have led you in a place right. you shouldn't have been. Right. Uh, so I think that's very important. We're almost finished. I just want to ask you this uh, in closing. I know going, I know we talked about Bible study. I'm going to go back to children just for yes. a little bit. In today's world, there's many distractions for our children. There's social media, there's cell phones, there's iPads, there's sports. There's all sorts of activities that seems to draw their attention away. And especially as they get older, teenagers, there's a lot of distractions out there. There's probably always been that way, but today more than ever, right. there's a lot of expectations from uh, whether it comes from someone's looks or beauty, their physical abilities to uh, be athletic. There's a lot of expectations placed on children that maybe the parent isn't putting on them, but society as a whole. Uh, right. They feel pressured. Mm -hmm. uh, how would you tell parents to help prepare their child for that environment and to see themselves as a, a being created in the image of God that is loved by God and to see what matters most in their life above this, basically we said earlier, the truth speaking louder above all those other right. distractions. You know, uh, what you said about um, their own value and that mm -hmm. sort of thing, um, you know, there's always that verse in uh, Psalm 139:14 that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And just going back to this is how God feels about you. You don't have to earn anything else. You know, He loves you and He cares about you. Doesn't matter what you're wearing or what you own or, you know, how you are at this sport or that sport in comparison to somebody else. And then, you know, just going back and reminding them. The Bible says that um, God cares for you. Cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. You know, just using those verses as the kids encounter different situations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely think that's uh, helpful. I think back to when the, the Israelites was in bondage in Egypt, and there's something important, reason I'm bringing that up, that God... The Bible says about God there, and you might remember it. They cried out to God, and it said that God says He's heard their prayers, He's seen their their situation, and He basically said He cares right. about them. And I think those are important things that children need to remember. God hears your prayers, God sees you, He loves you, and He cares about you. Simple thoughts, right? But sometimes we. Because adults, we forget, mm -hmm. and children does as well, and they need to re be reminded mm -hmm. of that. We appreciate you coming on to be with us today and sharing your thoughts and uh, about your long ministry working here at <laughs> Red House and from dealing with children, as well as sharing some thoughts about the importance of Bible study. And for those listening today, I hope that you uh, will, will take to heart some things mentioned today. If you're a parent, a young parent, or you're will be one in the future. It's all, I'm not a parent now, but one day I hope to be, and I hope to take the lessons we learned here today and apply them to my own life. And as well as, as you prepare for the new year, you may be thinking about, uh, you want to get reading your Bible more. You want to be studying more. You want to have that quiet time with the Lord where you're praying and reading. I would encourage you to go ahead and start thinking about that now. Think about it uh, today even and, and begin to plan what you're going to be reading, how what your reading plan is, and set that 
time aside so that you can be more intentional about it and that that will help you to become more rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ so that you can uh, build your life upon him. Uh, we do thank you for listening today. And if you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our child uh, children's ministry here at the church, you can go to our website at um, www.redhousebc.com. Thank you. Thanks again for watching. You can connect with us via our website at redhousebc.com or connect with us on social media by searching for Rooted27, or you can also subscribe by searching D House Media RHBC on YouTube. Subscribe now.